Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Hope you had a good weekend. Thanks for joining us. Will this week be as eventful for agriculture as last week? It'd be hard to match, but we'll see what happens. Already off to a pretty interesting start with what we're hearing from the White House as far as uh, trade talks with China. Still trying to sort all of that out. Of course, we're still trying to figure out where we're going to go now with this farm bill. Coming up today, we'll talk with ranking member of the House Ag Committee, Colin Peterson. We'll also talk with another member of the committee, uh, Dr. Roger Marshall from Kansas, will be joining us as well to kind of look back to what happened last week and where do we go from here. Also going to talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. But let's start things off with Sarah Wyant editor and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, thanks for joining us. You and I have covered a lot of farm bills, but uh, it'd be hard to find uh, a couple of days more interesting on a farm bill than we had last Thursday and Friday. That was that was something, wasn't it? No, absolutely. And good morning, Mike. It was just a lot of deja vu in many ways. For the second time in five years, we've seen the House uh, defeat a farm bill even though we know how important it is to farmers and ranchers. And, uh, you know, both of those defeats had a commonality in that there was a disruption over uh, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program and work requirements that would be enhanced under the legislation. Uh, In 2013, it was an amendment that was offered at the last minute, and this time it was an integral part of the bill that was supported by House leadership, but both times it went down to defeat. And uh, the the real twist, though, and I think that the one that's probably hardest for farmers and ranchers to understand is that at the end of the day, the Republicans that didn't vote it, uh, for the measure were holding up because of immigration. So you just never know what wild cards are going to fall when you're working on a farm bill. Yeah, that is what is really amazing, and you, and you talk to people and you say the farm bill failed not because of what we would call directly farm issues, other important issues, but as you said, Democrats didn't vote for it because of food stamps, and as it turned out, enough Republicans, especially the Freedom Caucus, did not vote for it because of immigration. So the actual farm part of the farm bill, uh, that wasn't the, really what caused it to fail. Absolutely, and and that's where it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward because the leadership did, as we understand it, give a date in June to the House Freedom Caucus, the most hardline conservatives in the Republican Party. They gave them a date to have a vote on immigration, but that's where all the political calculus came to play because these folks said, well, it looks like the farm bill is the only train that's going to be moving out of here before the midterms, and so we want to be before that, not after it. And so now we're going to see what they come up with in terms of a deal in order to have a vote on immigration potentially before the next farm bill vote. 
We had hoped to be talking with Chairman Conaway later this morning, but he has uh, some flight issues, so he's going to be actually in the air and unable to be on with us this morning. We hope to talk with him later in the week. We're thankful that uh, Dr. Roger Marshall from Kansas, a committee member, will be sitting in for him uh, on our show this morning. But it is going to be interesting to see where they go from here. It was also interesting last week, Sarah, the side battles that were going on, the sugar amendment, and then, of course, uh, the move to try to end all uh, farm programs, basically. Those were interesting battles and actually brought some uh, Democrats back in uh, to side with Republicans to ward off those amendments. Yes, and, and Mr. Peterson, the ranking member, uh, became a critical player on that sugar amendment. Of course, it's very important to his district. And you saw this amendment to really basically dismantle key parts of the sugar program going down to defeat with 137 yeas and then 278 opposed to it. And it was really pretty evenly divided, but more Democrats, 146 Democrats and 132 Republicans aided in that defeat. Uh, the, the margin was much bigger for the defeat of the, getting rid of all commodity programs. And so, you know, we, we saw Chairman Conaway use those uh, exercises to his advantage to, to, again, further enhance the bill. And it looked like he was in pretty good shape. He got good uh, effort by the Rules Committee to help him on these and that uh, wide-ranging uh, amendment to try to dismantle commodity programs, I think, also was just so broad that he was able to get a big margin of defeat on that. So whether this comes up again in June, as we expect, uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of a rule the committee allows, whether they'll even allow a vote on sugar again, given such a big defeat during this day. Ranking Member Peterson will be on with us a little bit later in today's program. Well, Sarah, what it really shows is how hard it is these days to get a farm bill passed. Yeah, and I think that's where people have to remember there are only about 30 truly farming-dependent districts. And Mr. President, 435 in the, in the House, how dependent the ag portion of the bill is on the food portion of the bill, Mike. And when you keep that in mind, you know that really if you can have a bipartisan focus behind the bill, it's it's always best. In this case, it wasn't possible for Chairman Conaway. And Mr. Peterson has been quoted as saying he has some ideas on how to get Democratic votes, but I'm not sure what he'll be able to tell you today and uh, how he might work a deal that would be something that his Democrats would accept and Speaker Ryan would accept. I, I don't know that those are on the same track. Yeah, we'll soon see. Hey, meanwhile, um, looks like some news with China that would seemingly be positive for agriculture, but yet, as so often is the case, we're short on details. Very short, although I was really excuse me, optimistic this weekend. We got the statement that there's a, a communique between the Chinese and the U.S. government in terms of enhancing trade. We saw that they also dropped the sorghum tariffs, which was a really big deal. And so we're cautiously optimistic that they are moving in the right direction. In fact, uh, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, talked about over a 30% increase in agricultural exports. So another one of those, stay tuned and, and let's, uh, let's see if we get the details. Yeah, there's hope, there's optimism there. Uh, I don't know if you can, we could say that about NAFTA. That seems to be shakier all the time. 
uh, and it, it's gone south in so many ways compared to a couple of weeks ago when we had talked optimism that the deal would be done and that they'd be able to go home and, and celebrate some enhancements on the that applies to the auto industry. But now we're sitting here wondering if they're even going to be able to get it done this year. So it's a, a big change in the dynamics there. And unfortunately, I think that would have done a lot to make farmers or interest feel a little bit more certain about the direction. Uh, I don't think there's a feeling that it's going to go away. But still, it'd be nice to have that resolved, especially before the Mexican election. That doesn't look like it's so- going to happen. Yeah, a lot going on. Sarah, you and your staff always doing a great job there at AgriPulse covering it. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. My pleasure. Sarah Wyan, editor and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. So more on the Farm Bill coming up with committee member Roger Marshall from Kansas and ranking member Peterson from Minnesota. But up next, weather. Some places got some much-needed rain. I'm in one of those areas. Other places too much, others still not enough. We'll go over the weather with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. The mighty Prosoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield, the hammer of head and leaf diseases, the number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. 
And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-952 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk weather. As I mentioned going into the break, some areas got too much rain, some areas not enough, and some kind of hit the sweet spot. I'm in one of those sweet spots. We had not had a, here where I'm at in west central Illinois, had not had a really good soaking rain of significant of significant amount in quite some time. We've got just under two inches, depending on where you're at, but it's, uh, oh, around 1.7, 1.8 in a lot of places. So that was uh, welcome indeed. But other areas uh, wasn't as good. Let's talk with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, I guess it is a, a mixed bag as we look across the country over the weekend. Well, it is, Mike. Uh, you know, variety is uh, is pretty much the rule when we get into late spring across the central part of the U.S. And I think the message there is that uh, there is not a real dry pattern setting in. And the reason I bring this up is that uh, here about a week ago, uh, there were some uh, questions being asked uh, about whether the uh, weather trend was going to develop into a revisiting of the very, very dry year of uh, 2012 here six years ago and uh, the uh, the conditions were not were not uh, indicating that uh, that sort of thing was going on and then you followed up with uh, rainfall in some areas uh, like west central illinois that had been dry and i know that i i drove across that part of the state that part of the country here about a week and a half ago and uh, you could certainly see that uh, rainfall was, uh, you know, was a feature that was certainly in order. But with the rainfall that happened, uh, again, the the I, the message to me is that this uh, this weather setup that we have right now is one that is capable of bringing rain, and not just to areas that have been getting too much, but to other areas that uh, have been running a little uh, somewhat of a deficit and do need rain from time to time. And I think that's a big takeaway. Yeah. Anytime the headline is not a repeat of 2012, that's a that's a good headline weather-wise. It certainly is interesting, you know, and, and uh, that uh, that will get folks' attention. It certainly did in terms of that uh, that type of a, um, a discussion. Uh, I think that was a little bit, uh, you know, kind of a little bit out there, so to speak. But I did bring that up during a webinar uh, with – uh, some other uh, some other folks who are weather specialists like I am and and uh, that comment had been made uh, in in you know those uh, particular acquaintance areas as well so it's not just something that you know that I dreamed up here in my office uh, in Omaha Nebraska so we'll breathe a sigh of relief and then we'll start thinking about it again <laughs> so <laughs> this time well, of year especially Absolutely, there's there's uh, no doubt about it, and uh, you know we are we have seen now in late May the capability of t- the uh, temperature trend uh, to 
to get right into a borderline easily. And so there's, uh, there's no question that the energy of the sun or the, or the, uh, you know, the type of uh, input we get with that increased uh, solar presence now, longer uh, days and a more direct sun and all that sort of thing, uh, yeah, that can have uh, a big impact in a very short period of time. And I'm still kind of watching uh, that southwestern part of the Corn Belt, if you will, because, yes, uh, there was some rain uh, that was certainly welcome. There have been a few showers in uh, much of uh, Illinois uh, during the first part of Monday, but there still is uh, a need for more uh, precipitation, and that's going to, that, that area from uh, north-central Missouri through southeastern Iowa into western Illinois is uh, an area that has not had an overabundance, as, as we both know. And so it's going to bear uh, continued attention, I think, as we go along here. All right. What's on tap the week ahead? Well, we are going to see uh, several periods of rain during this week. Uh, moderate to locally heavy amounts, I think, are going to, in terms of the Midwest, are going to focus in kind of a corridor, again, from uh, north-central Iowa through south-central Minnesota. So that is going to cause some new uh, delays in terms of uh, field work progress. There has been quite a bit of planting progress already, as we know, in the past week. In fact, corn planting will be just probably a few points nationally behind average uh, in this afternoon's uh, discussion. Uh, soybean planting could actually be ahead of average, uh, believe it or not, by a couple, three percentage points. But uh, this week we will see that rain again uh, kind of uh, take in that north-central part of the uh, Midwest. There could be a few showers in a very dry area of the far southwestern plains in uh, the high plains area of Texas, uh, where the uh, cotton uh, acreage uh, certainly could use some showers. We'll see how that plays out. And then uh, there will be uh, some quite heavy rain potential in the southeastern U.S., uh, in the Gulf Coast and the southeast. This could actually be due to some early season tropical activity. And uh, here we are, not uh, yet out of the month of May, and we're already talking about tropical uh, uh, weather system potential. So that could be uh, quite a wild card as we get through the uh, end of the week and then into the uh, rest of the month. So will we see a little uh, easing on that drought monitor map, the, the, some of those areas kind of pulling back some that have been showing up uh, in those drought areas? There will be some, but I think that uh, it's important to keep in mind that that easing does not mean ending or even close to it, uh, especially in that southwestern plains area, because uh, even with any showers that happen, uh, that region is still likely to stay in extreme to exceptional drought during much of this uh, growing season. There could maybe be a little bit of uh, easing that uh, is a little bit more substantial in uh, west central Illinois into uh, parts of eastern Missouri uh, because uh, we're looking here at abnormally dry to maybe uh, drought stage one. Well, it's a lot easier to, to, uh, to cure the scenario uh, with that type of an assessment as opposed to where you haven't been uh, receiving a whole lot of moisture, if any, for the better part of seven or eight months. And that's what we're looking at in the southwestern plains for a rainfall deficit. Yeah, the longer you're dry, the longer it takes to come out Absolutely. of it, for sure. Yeah. All right, All right Bryce, uh, what about South America? 
the, the situation in Brazil, Mike, is turning drier. And uh, this after uh, some rounds of showers last week that were especially helpful in south-central Brazil. But this week, uh, the, the pattern is turning drier. Satellite imagery this morning had just uh, practically wall-to-wall clear all of the major uh, corn areas in Brazil. And this week has got almost nothing uh, for rainfall. So that uh, safrina crop is going to go back into a possible stressful dry pattern this week. And I think the question now is, uh, will the recently reduced estimates on that uh, total corn crop size be where we finish, or are we going to see even more lowering of that total Brazil corn crop? It's not as disastrous as two years ago, but it is certainly, my gosh, uh, we're looking at well over 10% below last year, and it could even be 20% by the time things are finalized uh, for that corn uh, production in Brazil this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. What about elsewhere around the world, some other key uh, uh, producing areas, any weather issues? Well, Australia is dry, and uh, there's only just some scattered light rain for their uh, wheat seeding areas this week, and uh, especially Western Australia, big wheat producer, uh, they may get a few showers, but they're still kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to uh, rainfall. And uh, in the Black Sea region of the world, uh, Ukraine and Russia, there were a few uh, areas of rain last week that uh, helped things out. Uh, they're still uh, kind of uh, on, on sort of a get-by uh, type of basis on soil moisture, though, overall. I think they're, we're looking at uh, a decent wheat crop out of the Black Sea uh, this year, but not maybe quite as large as they've... Uh, they truly have have uh, produced some uh, bumper uh, wheat uh, yields in Russia and Ukraine during the last two seasons. And I think this year we are going to see a pullback in uh, how much they actually uh, harvest. And one more area that is uh, in prairies, Uh, there are going to be some showers in the eastern prairies this week. Uh, Prairies are still going to be a little bit on the dry side, and particularly in Saskatchewan, uh, the biggest uh, ag producer in the prairies, they're uh, still in need of uh, quite a few uh, districts in Saskatchewan are in need of uh, some additional precipitation. And it looks like they're just uh, looking at a real scattered pattern for this week. All right, Bryce, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again uh, soon. Well, we won't talk uh, next week. It'll be Memorial Day, but uh, we'll talk in a couple weeks, okay? Sounds good, Mike. Thanks a lot. All right. DTM Meteorologist, Bryce Anderson. Coming up later, ranking member Colin Peterson, who says there are changes we can make to food stamps. If they'll listen to me, I can deliver a lot of Democrats for this bill. If they'll listen to me, that's up to them. The ball's in their court, talking about the Republicans. So uh, we'll ask uh, ranking member Peterson to give us a little bit more information on that, what he has in mind, how to fix that food stamp issue. But coming up next, we'll hear from one of those Republicans, uh, Dr. Roger Marshall, member of the House Ag Committee from Kansas. Where do we go from here on the Farm Bill? We'll talk about it. Adams on Agriculture. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. 
pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty, and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows, two premium pillows, and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM. Pillows for the price of one. 7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to MyPillow.com and at checkout, use promo code FARM11. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. In the grain and oil seed sector, we saw an overnight rally, wheat, corn, and soybeans. The rally has cooled in soybeans, but we're still in positive territory. Some minus signs setting up now, though, in wheat and in corn. The U.S. and China said to be pulling back from the brink of a trade war. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin saying on Sunday, we are putting the trade war on hold. After high-level talks Thursday and Friday in Washington, Beijing agreeing in a joint statement with the U.S. to substantially reduce America's trade deficit with China, but did not commit to cut the gap by any specific amounts. Still, nonetheless, over the weekend and into early Monday morning, soybeans rallying sharply an hour into the day. We're 15 to 16 and a fraction higher with July old crop up 16 and three quarters, 10, 15 and a quarter. New crop November an hour into the day, 10, 24 and three quarters, up 16 and a half. Fractionally lowering corn, old crop July, 402 and a quarter, down a quarter of a cent. For the wheats, Chicago July down 11 and a quarter at 507. Kansas City July down 11 and a quarter, 527 and a half. Minneapolis Spring Wheat July down 8 and 3 quarters, 619 and a half cent. Livestock at the Merck Cattle Futures recovering some of Friday's losses, if not all of them. Live cattle June up $1.82 at 10422. Feeder cattle August up 207 at 139.75. Cash cattle activity taking place at Lower levels compared to the prior week, 112 to 117 in the south. Lean hog futures, June down 95, 73.75. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow up 310 points. June crude oil up 34 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your planned purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. 
Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back. All right, welcome back. So the farm bill did not pass in the House uh, on Friday. Where do we go from here? Joining us now is Kansas Congressman, member of the House Ag Committee, Dr. Roger Marshall. Doctor, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Mike, glad to be with you this morning. We've got some work to do up here and ready to get at it. All right, so um, what is the next step? Do you have any indication, any idea what you'll do next or when you will do it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Mike, I think just to frame this this, uh, discussion for your listeners, we had a little family skirmish Friday, and and we lost that battle, but we're not going to lose this war. Absolutely have confidence that we are going to get a farm bill across the uh, finish line. I think it'll be the the end of June when we actually vote on it uh, again. Uh, the uh, Freedom Caucus, who's not a big fan of the Farm Bill, actually had no problems with the Farm Bill itself, but they want to put pressure on our leaderships to do an immigration vote. So, unfortunately, they're kind of holding our ag producers hostage. I'm very disappointed in that, but I'm going to deal with the situation and, and think that we can get this across the finish line in June. So you think the next vote in the House will be the end of June? Yes, I yes I do. I think we have to do an immigration vote probably that first or second week of June, and then we'll follow up then with a with a a, a farm bill vote sometime in June. So there will be an immigration vote first. That's sure what it what it looks like. And uh, you know the good news is there were so many victories on Friday, and I think if you just look through this amendment process, I know. A lot of your listeners have contacted us about the McClintock Amendment, which basically its purpose was to gut the farm bill as you and I know it, to gut crop insurance and to gut uh, the, the uh, safety net. And that went down with a smashing vote of 380 to only 34. So there was a lot of broad support for the amendments uh, that we wanted and smashing the amendments we didn't like. So I think you know within the House itself, there's a lot of support for this farm bill and uh, – we just have to have an immigration vote, and I, I, I'm okay with that, too. I think that voting on immigration, uh, we have a DACA issue that this country wants us to take up, very willing to do it. I think there's a chance to also help agriculture out with an agriculture guest work visa. So full speed ahead. We're talking with Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall. You had some interesting battles taking place on amendments, such as with the Sugar Amendment, also with uh, the effort to try to end farm programs basically altogether, and you actually got some bipartisan support to defeat those. You know, absolutely. You know, like I mentioned the McClintock Amendment already, that was a vote of 300 to 380 to 34, and the Fox Amendment to take down sugar was a similar type of vote as well. So I think what you saw us do is uh, circle the wagons and uh, just, just show the, the country that we think that this farm bill is important that because of this farm policy that we've had the last 50, 60 years, that we have the safest, most reliable, affordable groceries in the world, and that the farm bill as is, the substance of it is spot on and, and, is, and carries the support. The only controversy from the Democrat side was over the work training opportunities on the food stamps, and they've been totally disengaged since we start, since we brought that onto the table. But, but the amendment counts were really, I think, very significant to show that they're truly is bipartisan support for a farm bill once you get away from some of the politics. Now, 
Ranking Member Peterson has says there are changes we can make to food stamps if they, meaning you, the Republicans, will listen to him. He can deliver a lot of Democrats for this bill. Do you do you anticipate a more bipartisan approach on food stamps, or how do you see uh, the uh, your party proceeding on this issue? Yeah, you know it's it's just disappointing to hear that today, and you know where was calling at six weeks ago, four weeks ago, two weeks ago. The Democrats offered three amendments, only three amendments to this entire bill during the rules process. They offered none to committee. They've been totally disengaged uh, from six weeks ago when obviously someone higher up than Colin Peterson said, we will do everything we can to implode any type of Republican policy going forward. So even though he might be willing, I don't, I'm not convinced he can actually deliver any votes. I'm I'm afraid that Nancy Pelosi has told every Democrat that if they vote yes on the farm bill, she will personally come after them. And so I guess I just don't have any faith faith in that. And I see an easier path forward, a quicker path forward to doing what I just described, to get an immigration bill on the floor, vote on it, and then uh, probably 30 of those votes, Republican votes that were nays will come over to, to yeas and will pass the farm bill as is. All right, so... Once the immigration issue, once that vote takes place, you feel then the Freedom Caucus members, at least enough of them, will will support the farm bill. If they're if they are gentlemen of their word, they will because that's what they have told us privately and publicly. They they voiced uh, public support for this farm bill. They're very much supporting of the work training opportunities, which Colin Peterson, the Democrat, is against. We think that the work training opportunities to go along with food stamps is the right thing to do. All we're asking is that if you're on food stamps and you're between the ages of 18 and 59, that you don't have a disability, that you don't have children under the age of six at home, that you would either work or train to work for 20 hours a week. Now, I know back in my farm in Kansas, 20 hours, and work 20 hours on Saturday so we can go to church on Sunday morning and only work 10 hours Sunday afternoon. So we don't think that's too much to ask of people. 80% of Americans support that policy. Why the Democrats are against it, I have no idea. But the Freedom Caucus loves the concept, as you can imagine. And 80% of Republicans, uh, maybe 90% of Republicans, uh, support this concept. So I, if they're men of their word, they, if they don't move the goalpost, they will be a yes on the Farm Bill passage if we get a vote on immigration first. So the the bill that you'll vote on, you think, at the end of June, will it be this same bill without changes, or do you expect to go back and, and tweak some things? Oh, I think it's going to be exactly like this, and I, I think that's the big victory, is to get through that entire amendment process. So literally all we have to do is put it on the floor and vote. We don't need any more debate, uh, no more crying and gnashing of teeth. I think if I'm a a soothsayer here. I'm going to predict we'll put the bill as is. It's a great bill. I'm very proud of this bill. I, I think you'll find hard-pressed to find many people to really be able to argue substantially against it. Uh, so this whole play was on something totally unconnected, the immigration issue, um, and unfortunately uh, they found a leverage point. They, The Freedom Caucus found a leverage point. They want a very conservative immigration bill put forward, and they're afraid that the, uh, some moderates are coming forth with quite a bit more of a Oh, a, a more of a liberal uh, immigration policy that would not include the border wall. So I, I actually think the immigration policy has a chance going forward as long as it has a very strong uh, border security component. 
We're talking with Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall. Uh, Roger, as it played out last week, at one point, did you think you had enough votes to get it passed? I, I certainly did. I thought we had enough votes to get it passed. And then suddenly uh, this immigration policy came at us from the moderate side of the Republican Party, that they were getting close enough to have votes to get on the House floor a very moderate, non-conservative immigration policy. So somewhere between, I guess, 10 days before the, the vote and three days before the vote, that became a reality. And then when that happened, the Freedom Caucus had a knee-jerk reflex and basically changed their whip count. Uh, so, you know, in my opinion, they kind of moved the goalposts on us. Uh, but I'm trying to uh, stay focused on the future here. I uh, understand what, where they're going with it. But so we, we thought we had them, and then this immigration issue came came at us from both sides. It's kind of like a battle going on. You get flanked from your left, you get outflanked from the right at the same time. Kind of put us in a tough predicament. It's being reported by Politico that the House has never passed a modern farm bill on a strictly party-line vote, going back to uh, 1965. Uh, but you you think you can do it this time? Uh, absolutely, I, I do. Um, I, I think that most everybody uh, really likes that they find something that they like in the farm bill, uh, whether you're from a rural community or from a uh, you know more of a city. There's something in that farm bill that you, that you like, and then this work training opportunity is what's bringing along the Freedom Caucus. The people that have traditionally voted against this bill are folks from the hard hard right. Uh, and they formed up to the whole situation. So I, I think we can, and I, I just, I'm betting on us, have every reason to believe we can. We think that there's a path forward here. It'll be interesting to see what the Senate comes up with, to see how conservative uh, their bill looks like, to see if they'll keep these work opportunities. Uh, but I'm very optimistic that we can get this with the Republican-only votes. And I really don't think we so- have a choice. I think no matter what we did, the Democrats would never vote for this bill. They will find some reason to vote against it, just like they're finding some reason to vote against any type of immigration, reasonable immigration path forward that we've presented to them so far. I think their main objective is to, is to just jam everything up and prevent us from making any progress. They're more focused on the November elections than they are on, on good process and on good, uh, good policy. All right, Congressman, thank you for the update, and uh, we'll watch how this uh, plays out. So we should watch for uh, an immigration vote in early to mid-June and then the Farm Bill vote late June. Is that right? That's the plan, Mike. We'll, we'll get her done. i got confidence in Chairman Conaway that he's going to uh, you know, shepherd this forward. I have confidence in our leadership, and, and we're going to make a, make a victory here for the American farmer. And lots of good news coming from the White House over the weekend and today on some trade and tariff issues. So I'm sure you're following those stories as well. Yes. All right, Congressman. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Have a great day. Take, uh, take care. Kansas Congressman Dr. Roger Marshall. Wow. Very interesting. He expects that uh, immigration vote then in June, and he thinks once that takes place, he believes that enough members of the Freedom Caucus will then vote to support the Farm Bill enough to get it passed. Still won't need uh, Democratic votes, he doesn't think, uh, to get it passed. Well, what about the Democratic side? Ranking member Colin Peterson will join us next. He has said he can get Democratic votes if Republicans would listen to him and make some changes on food stamps. We'll find out what he would like to see done, what those changes would be, how he sees this playing out next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. 
Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free endless pool idea kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. The mighty Prosoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. The hammer of head and leaf diseases. The number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quantity and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call- 7204 1-800-489-7204 That's 1-800-489-7204 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida Licensed Debt Management Service Provider Vermont and New York Banking Departments Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031 
All right, crew, let's get her done. Honey, you wanna give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. So we just heard Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall say he expects there will be an immigration vote in the House early to mid-June. And after that vote takes place, enough members of the Freedom Caucus will then vote for the Farm Bill towards the end of June for it to pass and would not need Democrat votes uh, to get it done, that they'll have enough Republican votes at that point. Let's get some reaction to that from the ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson. Congressman, thanks for joining us. What are your thoughts on uh, that timeline we just heard from Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall? Well, I expected they were going to figure out some way to pass this uh, because even though I put out an olive branch, I have not heard a word out, uh, out of the other side, so I think they made a decision right away that they were going to not work with us. Uh, they're going to continue on the path they're on, and uh, so they'll have to figure it out on that side. But what mystifies me about this whole thing is that I don't see how they think they're going to, why they would put themselves through this, because I don't think uh, they're going to be able to get these food stamp changes in the Senate anyway. Uh, and if they think they are, the effect of that is going to be not to have a farm bill, from what I can tell. So I don't get it, but, um, you know, we need to get this thing passed and on to the next step. And uh, as I said Friday, I'm happy to help do that if, if there's any way I can. Apparently there's not, but I hope we can get there. You've, you have said there are changes you can make to food stamps that would get Democratic votes. What Absolutely. would some of those changes be? What would those well, be? Well, I mean, um, there have uh, been expansions substantial expansions in the way that uh, the food stamp system operates uh, during the uh, time after the recession. And, uh, you know, some of this stuff is in the law that, uh, you know, unemployment rates uh, are uh, trigger uh, a waiver. And, the, and this is the issue. Most of the people that aren't working are not working because of waivers. They're not working. It's not because of you know anything else it's it's because they have waivers and that's the majority of the people that aren't working you know so if you want to actually do something about it you got to do something about waivers now looking at what the waivers are i think it's pretty clear that some of this is never going to change because it's indian reservations it's dc it's east la it's so forth um 
So I don't think anybody thinks that you're going to change those waivers. Uh, and that's the majority of the people that aren't working. Uh, so this is, you know, the, the thing that's bothered me about this whole process is that during the 23 hearings, the things that are in this bill were never brought up. This was never talked about, <laughs> you know, in any of those 23 hearings. And so the things that were talked about that, that I think some of, some of which make sense, they're not in the bill. And some of that I can support, and I think some Democrats can support. So um, it's, it's, this is uh, being driven by ideology and perception, I think. And, um, you know, that's fine. They're in charge, and they can do what they want. But I, I just don't see how this gets any place at the end of the day. Yeah, Congressman Marshall said when I brought up that you had said you had uh... – an olive branch. You had some things that could be done that would get Democratic votes. His his, his response basically was, "Where were you six weeks ago with that?" Uh, so, and you're saying well, they haven't talked to you. <laughs> here's the problem. You know, I told the chairman. You know, when he finally gave me his language on SNAP, which took quite a bit for me to get this out of him, and he had said prior to releasing the language to me that he was not going to jam me on this. Well, I don't know what you call this, <laughs> you know. But anyway, the problem is that he said to me, uh, these work requirements are non-negotiable. And I said, well, the work requirements are a non-starter for the Democrats, and if so that is your position we have to talk about. And that's what caused this. So, you know, I mean, even if he would have said that we can uh, talk about the work requirements and changes to the work requirements and what they have in the bill, I think we would have had a discussion. But he said, this is something I can't negotiate. This is something that uh, we have to have. And I said, well, if that's the case, then I don't think uh, there's any way for us to move forward. And you know, this is the same issue that brought down the bill in 2013. And the problem that I have with this more than anything else putting people into this they shouldn't you know uh, people that have kids that are seven eight years old are going to be now uh, have to go down and get into this bureaucracy but the biggest problem i have is that this huge bureaucracy that's going to be created that does going to be nothing but harassing people that are in the system and i think the best thing i saw in the you know uh, reports about this was the only work that is going to be made out of this whole situation is paperwork <laughs> And that is the exact truth. You were able to uh, uh, work by in a bipartisan manner to, manner to uh, stop the uh, sugar amendment and also the amendment to do away with farm programs. Well, the amendment on farm programs was never serious. I mean, that was not uh, sugar. What happened there is basically the people that appreciated my standing up for them on food stamps they supported me on sugar. Uh, so we picked up 30-some votes where people that voted against sugar last time voted for sugar this time on the Democratic side. That was all because of my support for their, uh, their objections to SNAP. So this shows why it's so important that this marriage be honored, if you will. <laughs> uh, and you can see it in the, in the sugar vote. That is a direct result of my uh, sticking up for them on uh, food stamps. 
And I, you know, I didn't do this lightly. I went to two different uh, places in my district, counties, where they, uh, you know, enroll people in the food stamp system. And I went to North Dakota and talked to one of the counties over there about how this actually works. And after I talked to those people, that's when I made a decision that I could not support what they were doing because it, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, so, right. you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. And uh, I expected they were going to pass this at some point or another. And uh, we need to do that so we can get on to the next uh, phase in the process, if, if there's Con- any phase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As always, Congressman, thank you very much for being with us. Really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Ranking member of the House Ag Committee, Colin Peterson, joining us on AOA, Adams on Agriculture.